Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I am Jerry. I have Max and Edward here. Uh, we have no idea where David is. No idea. <laughs> David, come back just to say you're okay. Uh, so I've seen at the soccer factory. So. <laughs> yeah, no, he's in Dubai with Everton. Ah, that makes sense. Okay. He's the one holding the champagne bottle over Holgate's head. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. I'm with yeah. you. Pop on the bottle. Pop on the bottle, David. Uh, so, guys, um, we had a, a weekend without Everton. Um, I watched the Olympics, the Winter Olympics. Did you guys watch any of that? No, yeah. I've just been keeping up to date with the FA Cup, really. Oh. Football around the world. Did so, you watch the... Um... I think, it, I think it was Great Britain versus Italy or something like that. The men's curling bit it went down right to the wire. That was a good one. I've seen like every curling match except for that one. I've watched a lot of curling. Just an unhealthy <laughs> amount of I love it. I, everybody told me how great it was. And then I sat down and I was like, oh, the rules are sort of like bocce. Because uh, <laughs> I've never – I mean uh, there's a – uh, something called bocce where you you throw a little yellow ball and then you have three balls and your friend has three balls oh, and you try oh, yeah, to get closest like yeah balls. um but but this is uh curling is way more uh strategic and mm. intelligent and it's just brilliant uh my buddy Kyle was like yeah it's like chess <laughs> i see that i do uh, Max, try to try to catch some of that. It's it's legitimately cool. It's yeah, it, you gotta be be patient, but it, it's good payoff. Um, yeah, that was like that was cool. Uh, so uh, I watched a lot of that. Uh, uh, Max FA Cup. Uh, I was able to catch the Spurs uh, Rockdale match. Yeah, oh, I watched a bit of that. Yeah, I was so happy they got that equalizer in the end. I felt the the, the pen. Um, the Deli Alley, the, the, how theatrical of him to go over like that. It was barely, when the defender barely brushed past him, I think it just kind of, um, it doesn't do his image any good. Not like his, his, his image is in a very good place at the minute anyway. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think I think that, that equaliser later on by Rochdale was fully deserved. Yeah, Did you uh, see the thing that, that Kane, um, when Kane scored the penalty... They were all running over celebrating. Danny Rose gets straight to the camera and just goes, Ryan Mason gives it a kiss. Yeah, and then goes, yeah that was good. Nice. That, was, uh, yeah, that, was nice. that was a nice gesture. That is nice. Uh, yeah, I, you could tell Deli Ali lets his leg hang. Lets his leg hang just a little <laughs> bit and then kind of throws himself to the ground. There is contact. There is legitimately contact. Yeah, there's a brush to the brush, yeah. But and, there's no, they could come no way that. near enough to make someone lose their balance. Yeah, they could. Yeah, such, they they right. might fight back with Nias and all that. You know, Spurs fans they might fight back with Nias, but yeah, oh yeah. Well, the thing is, like they they the thing is with with Nias, I still think there was contact. There no, was yeah. contact, and I do think he was theatrical in the fall. But there was contact in the box. But a lot of people, a lot of the pundits are saying, you know what, contact doesn't equal a foul. Doesn't no. always equal a foul. Taking taking the contact elements out of the sport, it, it, it completely ruin it, in my opinion, to be mm-hmm. honest. You know, you need that physicality about the sport to make it exciting. It just makes people, it punishes players who don't fall down at the lightest, slightest bit of contact, who keep mm-hmm. playing, even though it might be close to a lost cause. 
You know what I mean? They, yeah. they ju- I, you know, I couldn't see Seamus Coleman falling down like that. I see Seamus Coleman being somebody. You clip his legs. He's struggling, he putting an arm, right, hand on the right, ground right, to try right, to yeah. keep up. You know? Bill Jones it. <laughs> you know? But it's stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like it just encourages people just to hit the ground. Yeah, you know? I, I agree, definitely. Um, so you hate seeing that. I am glad they're going to get to play at Wembley at least, but a lot of people feel like they should have gotten the win. Mm. Um you know, uh, I will say when I was watching, the majority of the time I was watching, Spurs looked like the stronger squad, obviously. But then that's not always who wins games. No, I know. You know? I, was very, I was very impressed with Rochdale. As I said, like I tweeted while I was watching them. They, it was, you know, it was a very simple approach to the game. It was, you know, stay compact. Don't let any runners go. Clear the ball whenever you get it to feet and force Spurs to restart their attacks again and I mean, the one time that they did let a runner go, Lucas got in and Lucas scored. But um, Their defense was so that, organized, you know? Yeah, it was a very yeah. strong defensive showing. Mm-hmm. And they're not doing well oh. this season either. No. They must have trained hard, though. They must have trained Neither hard. Neither in Newport, they ended up going to Wembley as well. Mm. That's right. I was, I was talking about that, because uh, whenever I w- watch those kind of games with my, my family, I have to tell my five-year-old, be like, okay, you know who that team is? And he's like, Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like that other team. You don't know who they are. They're a little team. So who are we pulling for? Little team. I'm like, yes, always the little team. You know, yes. As long as it's not Everton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, my two year old now. Every time there's any game on, it could be basketball. My two year old is like Everton. <laughs> <laughs> the poor, the the poor brainwashed child. But you know what? I'm so fine oh. with it. It's. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, have you been celebrating when they've been training in Dubai this week? Uh, no, they haven't been keeping up with that. Um, <laughs> uh, oh. yeah, I, I haven't shown them the pictures, which we'll have to discuss in a minute, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, really quickly, guys, we should sum out up what this, uh, this particular show is going to be like for those who are listening, not watching right now, the pod people. So pod people, here's what the show looks like today. Uh, we're going to start with a little overview of uh, Everton's warm weather training in Dubai. Uh, going to hit a few subjects there. Uh, don't want to blow them, though. No spoilers, sweetie. Uh, next, Sandro. Sandro just has been saying stuff, which mm-hmm. I feel like he's been totally silent when he's at Everton. As soon as he gets to Sevilla, let's talk. So he doesn't speak English. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah, other people yeah. who speak the Spanish, and you know what I mean? Like, they can translate. Uh, so, yeah, but we, we got to talk about Sandro. Next, Idia Queen Mangala. Poor guy. Yeah, we need to discuss his situation and our center back situation. And we will finish up with a mystery contact, contract signing. But who is it? Well, you'll have to listen, you already know. Uh, but but uh, I wonder if Everton even knew they had signed this guy because they never told us. So oh, ask me after the FA, the FA, more, no more than the club do. Yeah, the FA is so forthcoming. That FA. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so let's move on. Let's talk about Dubai, gentlemen. Sam's Sam's favorite hangout spot. Uh, warm Get weather. Tra- clubs going. Yeah, warm weather training. Everybody's talking it up, talking about how refreshing it is. Um, it's like a. Some of Sam's winter fresh gum. Very refreshing. Makes you feel as though it's you reborn. Uh, there are Gets rid of the gravy. You know <laughs> Yeah, no more gravy, folks. 
Uh, they were, and, and apparently they're getting to kind of uh, hang out a little bit too, do a little fun stuff, not just the, the training, but uh, you see uh, the photos of DCL and Holgate partying with... Uh, wink, wink, am, am wink. I, am I saying this person's name correctly? Pia Mia. That's the one. Yeah. Um, Edward knows who this is because who this is because he's got his fingers on the pulse of the world pop <laughs> scene. My fingers are more just scratching my back. I have no idea about what's going on with that. I don't know who that is. Apparently, she's a lady and she sings. So there you go. But uh, yeah, uh, some some pictures of Mason Holgate kind of hanging out with a, bo- a champagne bottle on his head. David. What have you been doing? David, why are you letting this happen, David? Uh, so, guys, having said all that, there are a lot of supporters who are kind of pissed. Okay, let me say that they're angry. See, we say pissed for angry here, and you guys yeah, say pissed yeah, for yeah. something totally different. <laughs> they're pissed, too, for you guys as well. But, you know, so, but they're angry because it feels like a reward for, uh, for a subpar season for these players. Uh, I don't necessarily feel like that, but what do you guys think? Um, but I, I just think it really just... I was talking to, about this the other day. I think it just... Um, if you looked at the 80s in comparison to now, you know, just, you know, the many high-profile players going to a pub, having a pint, or, you know, interacting with fans at a pub, etc., etc. George Best, you know, is n- notorious. For, for for his you know his lifestyle, um, but I just think as society's changed, obviously the, perce- the perception of that changed. You know, it's not in a pub; it'll be in a club. They're not going to be drinking a pint. They're going to be drinking you know vodka and Red Bull. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So in, in essence, I think you know it's not too much different to what we've always really seen in the game. But in in regard to it, the uh, the perception that it's a reward for a subpar season. Um. I mean, we were discussing just off camera there, you know, we, Allardyce had come out and said, you know, he, he's very fond of Dubai as a location. He's took all of the clubs that he's ever managed to, to Dubai for him to reap its benefits, such as, the, you know, the weather, the service that's provided by the people that look after them. The ladies. Um, I am, um, I, to be honest, I'm, I don't really have a particularly, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not angry about it because, I think you just get used to seeing footballers have this sort of lifestyle. You know, it's just it is what it is. The game's evolved, and this is what these players do now. You know, if they have a week out the schedule, they'll go for to they'll go abroad for four days on a training camp. You know, as long as these these benefits that Sam speaks about can be seen on the pitch, then that I, I haven't got a problem with it at all. Mm. Yeah, I think. Um... They went last year, so after that warm weather training camp, didn't they like come back and do a bit of a running form, if I'm not mistaken, as well last season? They had a bit of a running form as well after a warm weather camp, as far as I know. So I reckon it could do good for them. Um, all right, I can understand why people would see it as like a reward for a bad season, but at the end of the day, they're just people. They're just people like everyone else. That was going to be my point. Um, oh, sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just echoing what you guys are saying. I think you both, you both are hitting a lot of, a lot of the important, important points for me. Um, I understand people getting frustrated with seeing football that they don't appreciate. You know, they, they see some of the effort from some of these players. I get that. Um, 
And and you know if, if I were if I saw a bunch of photos of Schneiderlin sitting there, you know, rolling around on a pile of cash, you know, I would get kind of annoyed. But uh, these, are, duck it. Yeah, these are these are young guys. Uh, young guys turn around a lot faster after a night out. Who knows how much they were actually drinking? We don't know. Um, and uh, they're people. They are people. Yeah. I mean, we're not the only team. I mean, West Brom. You know, their guys are stealing taxis. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, I just, I, is it bad that I just kind of giggled at the idea of imagining Gareth Barry stealing a taxi? It just. Mm. I, I, for some reason or another, I always thought he'd be wearing a pair of his gazelles while he's doing it as well. Those are the Edith gazelles that he got caught training for when he was at Everton. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I know, as you say, it, I think it's just, you know, these an- these antics do occur, and the media are a lot quicker to pick up on them mm-hmm. than than they would have been um, in yesteryear. So, yeah, the, the, uh, I think Tim, you've got to look at the media for uh, instances like this. They are a, a lot quicker at, at, at picking up on them. I think football's become such a a commodity to the people, really, that mm-hmm. any any kind of waves that are made that might not even be newsworthy get reported. So, yep. To, to be honest, if Mason Hallgate's out pulling a singer, it doesn't really interest me. Good on the lad, but I don't feel I don't feel it warrants in a a page in the Echo. You know, I mean, I, I right now stories that are considered newsworthy. You know what I mean? I mean, when's our next game, guys? When when do we play next? Saturday. Isn't Saturday. It? Saturday. Mm-hmm. Those pictures were from when? Like a week before. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm not worried about them cutting loose a little bit. You know, it's not like they're on a exactly. bender or anything where they're, you know, drinking every night. Well, it? Yeah, you know, they're allowed to be people a little bit. They're allowed to relax. They're allowed to bond some of their new teammates uh, yeah. in between, which I mean, they that, need that. As, as we've said, you know, as you know, this has been brought up many a time on here and been brought up many a time by Evertonians. The, uh, the, you know, we've said plenty of times the team just haven't really seemed to gel. And the the you know bonds don't really seem to be there, you know. If 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 the lads are spending more time with each other, you know you know you see there's been a lot of you know Yannick Balassi and Theo Walcott with Cheng Tos and Phil Jagielka. They're sort of the senior members of the squad mm-hmm. doing their thing, and you know you'll obviously have the the, the younger lads doing their thing. You know it, it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Well, Theo looks to be a bit like he's trying to get sort of like conversing with everyone. Yep. Especially, I mean, if you look at his Instagram stories and all that, which are posted by Toffee Blues as well, so Everton News feed, check them out That's right. on Instagram. <laughs> um, he seems to be trying to get on with everyone, doesn't he? Really? Yeah. I mean, so. I, I feel like a lot of the guys are, are genuinely trying to work their way in. They, they want to be a part of it. I don't see a lot of players that are... The only one that, I didn't, that didn't really seem like he was really integrating very well was Sandro. You know, mm-hmm. you saw him mm-hmm. off to the side a lot, by himself a lot. Um, not, you know, not really looking very happy when he was when he was photographed. Uh, so yeah, but I, I feel like there's there's some camaraderie happening. You know, people people are seeming like to, they genuinely like each other, um, or at least they look like that in their photos and videos. <laughs> you know, we're aware that that's not always reality, but. Um, uh, yeah, Jerry put himself up in a six pack the other day. We all we all knew. Sorry. <laughs> no one's supposed to know. 
Edward. These are secrets. Secrets for a reason. All right, so... The truth should always be heard. <laughs> so, uh... <clears throat> Sam, Sam, maybe this was all Sam's big idea to get them in warm weather because he had said Jinktosin wasn't used to the weather in England. Born in Germany. And that's, yeah, that's, that was his main reasoning for not playing him, saying he needs to get used to things, but also he's not used to the weather. Well, I've seen it widely reported on Twitter and in, you know, random blogs that that's not true. As far as the difference in uh, temperature between Turkey and England during the winter, uh, apparently mm-hmm. there's not big of, that big of a disparity. And, of course, Germany. We know that. So, yeah, apparently that is clearly false. Um, additionally, uh, Jags came out and said Tosin has looked good in training. He did say that perhaps this time not playing a whole lot would be good for him to gradually work his way in. He did say that. Um, but then Duncan Ferguson came out and said, Tosin looks good too. We're, we're made up that we've got him. Uh, so, and, and, and the club released a video today where he's banging him in. He looks pretty, yeah. uh, pretty solid, ah. you know? So, uh, is, uh, are we all just still under the same impression? Sam's just still full of shit. Um, as I say, with this, with this Dubai, the whole, the whole, the Dubai trip really just reeks of, of, of Sam Allardyce and what Sam Allardyce wants. Sam Allardyce gets um, something that I picked up that he said to the media while he's been over there is that um, literally all the, all, you know, every target that sets, all the targets that are set for the players are set by GPS and and, and statistics and mm-hmm. all that witchcraft, which I still, you know. It, <laughs> For for a Premier League manager to be solely dependable on, on statistics, um, sounds like Dave. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, Dave has come out and said and spoken against that. Believe it or not, St- mm. d- as addicted as he is to stats, he agrees. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I just feel like taking that kind of that that human element out of the game of you know the the man to man, the man to man management, and you know things like that where. You know, you've got to have trust in your players to deliver. You know, you've got to take the the risks of of, of gambling, putting a player in. That's you know, that's what football is about. If you put the same, if you put, field the same team that are coming up with the same stale statistics, you know, nine times out of ten, and they're still not turning up, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to look at alternatives from there. So that might that that's my only issue with the um, with the just, statistics. Very, it is a very tactical game now, isn't it? There's no sort of thrill or risk in it anymore it's all pure tactics i mean the way he's coming now with the top six he's tactically trying to set up and defend or mm-hmm. against smaller smaller teams he wants to go out and attack and all that and that's his tactics and it just it's weird it is i think he's no t- sort of i think he's thrill. taking a new approach now though all right i mm. think he came out and said no more rotating Let's play. Let, let's start to just play a little bit more consistently. And I think he's been gearing up this whole time for a big run in, so he can be the hero. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's and drop the base. You know, I mean, yeah. He's he's uh, and I, the only how many more games against uh, the top six do we have? Two. Not that many. You know what I mean? City, Liverpool. That's it. Yeah. 
And so I'll be curious how we set up against those two. Um, but I think for the most part, I think he might be pretty consistent with formation against for all those other games. Mm. You know? Well, I mean, I mean we, we, we've talked about it plenty of times, you know. We, as soon as we saw this kind of 4-3-3 emerge against Leicester, we thought, you know, this should be something that we stick with and attempt to, to combat against any side. Um, the only issue with that really is, you know, now, how... How, how are you going to integrate Tosin if, mm-hmm. if Nias continues in such great form? You know, there, there are plenty of other players that you think, you know, should warrant a run out, really. And yeah. I would, you know, and Jerry, I think you, you've been the one that's kind of flagged this up multiple times. You know, the, the striking options that we've got, we could force a real good partnership out of, you know, a Nias and Tosin or Tosin mm-hmm. and DCL. So it remains to be seen, but. I think we will be happy if if he continues with this kind of four three three, and um, even you know if he kind of goes in with this fearless mentality against Liverpool in particular, um, at home, you know, it should be a game that we look to we look to take to them. Mm. But um, yeah, I understand. I know uh, DCL came out today and said, you know what, uh, coach or manager gave me some time off. And I feel really, I feel good now. And so we could see him getting more minutes too. Um, however, lately when he's gotten minutes, he's been coming in for Walcott, playing like kind of that winger role, which is interesting because uh, I think we we saw the best of DCL when he started playing striker more. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I don't know. I, but I know if he's fighting for striker minutes, that's just another another. Th- bit of competition for Tosin to get some minutes. Mm. So it's it's nice to have sort of the players we have. I mean, we've got mm. a young talent coming through um, who's got pace and power. We've got a guy that's very unpredictable, but plenty of pace and grit and determination. One that's strong and can hold up a ball. We can go. Like, it's great to have it because it's a variety of different ways that we can go about it. But that's you, the whole. I, I think we'd all loved, like to actually see that begin to be implemented, though. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. It's like we see the potential of the flexibility, but it, at times it feels like the manager is not Doesn't. utilizing that. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty so. much hit the nail on the head there, I think. I think you know, there, there, there are many possibilities and, you know, flexibility with, the, with these. It's not just, it's not just the, the, the standard start and 11 that we've been seeing. You know, again, we've got lads on the bench that you feel like, could have given a run in the side, make a claim for themselves. I mean, look at Davies and what Davies managed to do. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think he hit the nail on the head there. You know, he's um, rated as like the seventh best young player in yeah. the world. Mm-hmm. Ironically, Liverpool's best young player is about forty first. So oh yeah, and the Echo <laughs> ran a story about about why why they why was their player really not quite not as good as those other players. That's in the Echo. You should mm-hmm. look up that story. It's a thing. Really? Well, I, I just think I just thought it was rather typical that an Everton player would end up being seventh. Just this this typical this this association. I was going to say something about that. Yeah. That didn't even occur to me, so I'm glad it occurred to y'all. That's kind of awesome, but not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ironically, it's a place we're going for. I think I think we'd most definitely take a seventh place finish this season. We would. Yep, I think we'd see that as a, a I victory. Think it's still possible. Well, no, it is. It's definitely still possible. Is. There is a pr- portion of the. The fan base that is uh, is not wanting that 
because they're worried that Europa League dented our form this season. So mm, we just weren't ready. Yeah, I agree. Um, we should do a video on that. <gasps> we should. You know, Europa League this season versus the potential of Europa League next season. Put a pin in that, guys, for later. Brainwave. All right. So, <laughs> okay. So uh, I guess that's that's it for our Dubai segment. Let's talk about Sandro. All right. Uh, obviously, everybody. We've already talked about him before, haven't we? We have a lot. We've given Sandro a. Thorough, <laughs> thorough attention, but uh, more stuff came out, right? Obviously, he was loaned to Sevilla near the end of the window. Um, he mm. uh, So, so far for Sevilla, he's played 66 minutes versus Ibar uh, when they lost 5-1. He played 40, <laughs> 47 minutes versus Las Palmas, and they won 2-1. And he was on the bench versus uh, Girona. And then he played 10 minutes versus Leganos in their second leg of the Copa del Rey, and they won 2-0, to zero. all right? Um, here's the quote. He has no goals and one assist so far. So that's, that's how he's doing. He's not playing every minute, but he's playing almost every game. All right. So here's, here's his, his soundbite. I've been here two weeks, and I want to continue next season at Sevilla. I'm where I want to be. Ooh. So I gotta be Ooh. honest. When I read when I read that kind of stuff, um, I get I really like. I get really defensive and angry. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah. you know, it, it, it feels like it's it's. Uh, I know it's not a personal attack. It feels like an attack against the club, which eventually yeah. sort of feels personal in a way. If you're super, yeah. you know. But um, so here's the deal. Here's two questions. If he doesn't want to be here, do we even want him back? That's the first one. Mm. What do you guys think? You you put it perfectly in my uh, transfer grading video, which you should check out. Um, if you've got a player that doesn't want to be at the club, what's the point in having him? Mm. You know, you d- you don't see people wanting to stick around in the jobs that they hate. They want to move on, and they probably will move on. So, yeah, I I, I, um, I echo that. I echo that really. Um, I think it just speaks volumes of, of the disconnect between Sandro and the club, really. You know, it, it, it's been no secret that him and certain others have, have struggled to settle down and, and adapt. But um, to the extent where... Because, as you're saying, Jerry, it, do, it doesn't feel like a personal attack. It feels like a young player talking about his own career and wanting to do what's best for his own career. So from that mm-hmm. perspective, I, I can completely understand... Um, it just seems to be the the classic case of a Barcelona reject. Really, he's kind of left Barcelona, made waves somewhere else, tried to cut it big time in the Premier League, and it just hasn't worked. And he's kind of resorting back to Spain. Um, yeah, I've got I've got no hard feelings against the lad. Um, it just obviously obviously wasn't to be, and I, I, I'll always go back to what Evertonian said when when he first joined. You know, if he does well. It's a steal, and if he if he if he doesn't do well, then it's all right because mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't pay um, an astonishing an astonishingly big sum, like um, like certain other teams have done for other players. So at the end of the day, 
Saying um, we're not the new Manchester City just yet. Uh, no, we we won't miss him. I don't think um, he didn't really make that big of a wave when he whenever he got minutes for us. So mm. if he does move on, then you know, wish him well. Shows the character though, in a way as well. I mean, Clausen's not done great, but he's still got the guts and determination to think I'm going to stick around and try and do something. Whereas Sandro basically sort of just piggybacked out and just like. Mm. I think but, I think I think they're two different characters anyway. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I, would, I would have liked to send him be a success, but yeah, I genuinely Sandro was one of my the uh, signings I was looking forward to the most. Mm-hmm. Um, when you saw his videos, and we knew we needed someone who could be a consistent goal threat, someone who could actually score outside the box. Um, his highlights looked like he had no problem scoring from outside the box. Um, it would have just yeah, uh, he seemed like a talent, and it was a steal considering. We paid for him what you pay for uh, up-and-coming U23 talent in England right now. Mm. That's the price that we paid for him, which is ridiculous. It was a, it was. We paid more for Lookman. Yes, you know. And granted, Lookman, in hindsight, might be more is probably more fit for the English league. You know, um, but if I'm if I'm Sandro and I want to maybe have some glimmer of hope of getting invited to the World Cup with Spain. I'm probably not going to be able to do it with Everton this mm. this spring, you know, regardless. So I understand him wanting a loan move because uh, he'll get minutes with Sevilla. Yeah. So I'll be curious if he plays against Man United this week. Mm, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't see that happening because, uh, you know, as you said, and I think – I think Jerry was the first one to flag this up, really, that his hold-up play was considerably poor. It's so bad. And I think if Sevilla are coming up against Man United, they're going to have to have that focal point up front to mm. really hold the ball up and get runners beyond the ball to get in behind. Um, and it just it doesn't really seem like he's the man for that job. Yeah. Which strike? Oh, run. Uh, I know Lewis Muriel plays for them. I'm trying to remember. they got Ben, ben, ben Yedder as well. Ben yeah. Yedder, yeah. Yeah, Adder is no Adder is Bill Bowers, isn't he? They have a lot of attacking options. I remember when we played them in the summer; it, it they were they looked impressive. Um, Was it Benega? Benega plays there, doesn't he? Oh yeah. yeah, and he looks great every time he plays for them now. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. He makes me every time we were linked for him, we uh, linked with him. I would watch videos of him, watch him play games. I'm like, this guy is so <laughs> good. Oh yeah, I did that um, when Sandra actually came to us, and I saw these little. Highlight reels and especially that free kick against Atletico. Uh, oh. Edward, not to tip my hand, but I do that with every single player we're linked with. <laughs> so that's how you get your research. That is interesting. I, I, I watch there and I watch any games that are available on YouTube or if it's just their own personal highlights against good teams. Yeah, I'm a nerd. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> not even remotely dorky. <laughs> so. Uh, so here's the, here's the last question on Sandro. Um, let's say Big Sam is not back during the summer. Let's say mm-hmm. we get one of these Portuguese managers who we've been linked with recently. Oh, oh we not said his name. Ooh. Well, I, well, I, I, it, it could yeah, be there's, there's there's a, several. Yeah. Um, I number one. Do you think you'd be tempted to come back and play with maybe a manager whose uh, system and uh, mindset and wants to actually play football 
uh, is pretty different than what than what Sam wants to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Would he be tempted to do that? And if he does the old switcheroo like that, uh, do we still want him back? Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. that's entirely down to his character, really. I think mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if he if he wanted to stay as far away from the club as he possibly could. Him as a, as a young player, if you have a bad experience, you know you, you tend to kind of veer away from anything remotely close to it again. So, and I, I completely understand if he didn't want to come back. I, I get that, um, but yeah, um, it makes it make the proposition a whole lot more attractive if you if, you know if someone like Paolo Fonseca or if Marco Silva came in who you know I feel like would be able to emphasize with him a lot more um but all in all as I say I think me me first point quite it's got a lot more strength to it than the second point really I feel like as a young player if you do have a bad experience it, it, it's in your best interest to stay away mm-hmm. um and given his character and his comments, it wouldn't surprise me if he did stay away. The way I see it, actually, his views of it, he's got two options. He either stays in Spain in a comfortable league um, as an, a good player um, with better chances and all that, or he can come back to the Premier League, take a big gamble with his career, and then potentially become an even better player because it shows he's more adaptable for leagues different games um mm. but that i i mean look at what aguero did aguero was pretty damn good in spain i think it took him i think it took him a couple of a few good games to get his feet on the ground running mm. and um when he did i mean i i said i've said it myself so many times on these on different videos sandro could be another aguero for us you know he's got the same sort of characteristics he can score goals he's quick powerful and all that well not powerful but quick that's what he's lacking what you just mentioned that's what i think he's lacking is that strength mm. on the ball you know what mm. i mean that's what i think the main thing i think a lot of the other stuff i think you're right um i don't i also don't know if his ball control to keep that ball close to him you know he's fine. Pretty, she's fine <laughs> but no if you watch him play a lot of times when the ball when he receives the ball it'll kind of he'll purposefully play it a little farther away or is it on purpose and it's kind of tough to tell sometimes. Yeah. Um, I, I sometimes you see thinner players do that because they lack strength and they're trying to keep the ball away from the defense, and that's how their hold-up play works. Yeah, you know. Yeah, or again, as you say, it could just be down to a very unpredictable first touch. I mean, oh, for, who, who does that remind us of? Where, 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 I don't know. I was just going to say when he when he was at us, Romelu Lukaku. You know, he, he had that. He had that. Um, I'm not going to say poor. But, you know, a, a very often on yeah. touch. But, you know, he, he, did have the, he had the physicality to back that up. He had the physicality re- to recover the ball a lot of times. But, um, you know, as we've said, it really does seem like Sandro can't substitute that for anything else. He doesn't seem to win the fouls. He doesn't seem to kind of use his quickness to, to recover the ball and, and play it off. So... Uh, as I said, uh, I do feel like his final decision is going to be to stay in Spain. And I do too. Um, and it could be what's best for him. I continue, even if he leaves, I continue to think we didn't give him uh, enough of an opportunity to succeed, so, yeah, to blend. I was going to say, always gonna think I was that. actually going to ask that. Um, whose fault is it really that like the move hasn't worked out? Is it Sandro for not wanting to put in the effort to try and fix with the game? Uh, is it 
the management for not even playing him or giving him a chance, or is it the club for basically not helping him try and fix in and fit in with the rest of the team? Yeah, uh, my, I, I would kind of if I'm going to blame, you know, I would go partly partly manager, partly player. I don't really blame the club much at all for that. They brought him no. in, you know, but my. With the player, I think if you really, really, really want to succeed with a club, you work your way through it. He ch- clearly chose not to play any U23 games. Klaassen's done the same. These are players that think they deserve to be with the first team, and talent-wise, they might. But they're trying to acclimatize themselves and get used to, to, to mm-hmm. England and everything. That's what I would be doing. You know, I'm not quite sure why... They refused to do that. Why didn't they ask to do that? Why didn't somebody mm-hmm. ask them to do that? Or maybe they did and they refused. So th- it's. I mean, you look at the way Nias was, isn't it? <clears throat> Nias is the perfect example. Yeah, he's done well. He was psyched to play. My, my 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 argument for it is, I just feel like it's been a real turbulent time to be a player at Everton Football mm-hmm. Club in general. I feel you know. If you were signed in the summer, you were signed under Ronald Koeman. You'll have played under David Unsworth, and now you've ended up with Sam Allardyce. Yeah. It's far from ideal as, as a player when you're trying to find stability or make a name for yourself that you go through so many different coaches, so many different training uh, like tactics in a way. But um, I, 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 complete, I, I echo what you're saying in terms of the... Um, I do feel like you should, if, if it's not... Working out in the, in the first team, you should give it a crack at the under twenty threes. But again, I feel like two of them, the, you know, because you did mention Classen as well, Jerry. Mm-hmm. That I think Sandro and Classen have been brought into the club under the impression that they were one of like two of high, two, They were two high profile signings that would make waves, and they expected to be in the Everton starting eleven pretty mm-hmm. pretty much, and to 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 be. Splash, you know, it's like kind of splashing the face with cold water. They, you know, they've been hit with the reality that you know they they haven't quite cut the mustard yeah. at a Premier League level. And um, you know, uh, any any player worth the weight in gold turns around and goes, right, okay, this this hasn't happened, so this is what the scenario is now, and how can I look to resolve that yeah. and push on to what my initial goals were? And as you said, uh, being included in the under twenty three setup would be a logical step in trying to make an impression on that first team. Yeah. That's the one thing that hasn't made sense to me. You know, I guarantee you they came in. So I think Sandro, I mean, we gave Sandro the number nine jersey. We thought he comes in, he's going to start immediately. All of us thought it. Mm. You know, and you guarantee you he thought it. You know, Kuman, the way he got him here was to say, I can't guarantee you starting place, but I want you to start. Mm. You know what I mean? Because he refused. He doesn't guarantee starting positions. Um, but I guarantee you, he told him, we're going to give you the number nine jersey and I want to play you. And that didn't happen that much. Happened a little. Didn't happen that much. Unsworth didn't play him. And Big Sam didn't really play him. You know? Um, so, yeah, I, I think it, it is the manager's duty to find a system that works for the personnel you have. I, I do think that. And I'm not sure that that's really happened a whole lot this season with any of our managers until – Recently, I think Sam has cracked a little bit with our recent lineup. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so I, I have a little bit of blame for the manager. But I think as a player, you find a way. Davies came in; he wasn't playing. He said, "What do I need to do?" 
Interestingly, not to the Big Sam, though. Well, we talked about that. We talked about that, yeah. Because uh, I don't think they do. I don't think he takes those kind of meetings seriously, mm-hmm. which, again, may be a little telling. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, it, it is it, it really, you know, it is what it is. You know, we, the, the lads took this, took it, you know, he's obviously thought, you know, to revitalize his career, the, the best choice was to go back to Spain mm-hmm. with, with an environment and, and a league that he's familiar with. And, you know, fair play to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm always going to wish him well. You know, I, I still think he's talented. I think he's good enough to play for us. I do. You know, I think he the, the talent is there. Uh, but yeah, maybe chemistry with the team, maybe the style, just not not working for him. I still say that uh, David shared that story on on Twitter about us not getting the player we were expecting, and it broke it down based on uh, goal opportunities. Uh, and and yeah, it's pretty fascinating actually. And I can't remember where that was found. Hey, so look on David's timeline on Twitter. It's somewhere <laughs> on there. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, I guess that's it. Uh, we'd be cool with you coming back, Sandro, if, if you know, as long as you want to be here. Yeah, because he watches the show, guys. Um, <laughs> Hola. <laughs> uh, so I guess that's it for our Sandro doesn't want to be here frowny face segment. Uh, Allardyce confirmed recently that Ilya Queen Mangala will be out long-term due to the injury he sustained against Palace. Damaged knee ligaments. If you watched the game, you saw the replay. Hard to watch. His knee kind of goes the wrong way. Uh, as soon as I saw it, I was worried because I've, I've been that guy before in a different way. Uh, my, my leg went a different direction than his. But when you see a knee bend like that, it's usually... Yeah. Ugh. Usually bad news. So, uh, though we are sad to hear this, we are you know it's awful, and we yeah, you know, hopefully he's a speedy recovery. Yeah, speedy recovery, man. Uh, come back. Uh, yeah, you know, don't uh, don't let this be the end of your career, basically, because sometimes it is for some guys. Um, Not a chance. Yeah. Uh, so, but we have to keep we have to continue on. Edward. Uh, Edward. Edward is the name of our club now. Hey. Yes. <laughs> Edward FC. Uh, Everton has to continue as a club. All right. Um, it was one of our key transfers of uh, of the of winter, and and now we're down. However, we do have another left sided center back who recently played ninety minutes with the U twenty threes in Funes Mori, uh, and we we talked before about how they're sort of comparable players. Him and Mangala both have a mistake in them, but both have some potential to be decent in the air and all that. Um, mm-hmm. So, the state of Everton at center back at the moment. Who's our... If you've got a big game, if you have a big game, who are your starting center backs? See, I found it quite weird. I thought... Um, everyone's saying about the whole thing with left-sided defenders and all that, which I do agree with. But if you noticed, I think it, I think it was in the Palace game... Soon as Mangala goes off and we go with an all right footers, mm-hmm. 
was somehow more balanced and better. It's so weird. Don't don't you think? I mean, it's I mean, you looked at it against Leicester as well. Everyone was slating that, and yet we managed to win that. It was just I find it really weird. Part part of that may have been that Mangala wasn't playing great. Mm, maybe you know it may not have been uh, in relation to what foot he is. Maybe just I mean you see I've seen some replays of videos where he'll lose his man really easily, and you know I I still think he could have contributed and be a, been a solid player for us this season. But uh, I mean, and I honestly I didn't think we were playing awfully at the beginning of the game when he was in. You know, no. there was a stretch more in the middle of the half where I thought they kind of took over more, you know. Um, Wait, are we talking about Arsenal or Palace? Palace. Arsenal, nothing was good in that first half. No, definitely not. That was an absolute shit show, and I'd appreciate mm. it if you never mention it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll thank you to I never speak of it again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I died that day. Ah, <laughs> uh, so awful. No, in answer to your question, Jerry, I've, I'm, I'm a fan. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with my choice. You know, it's always kind of in my, my pick of the bunch. I just want to see Mason Hallgate and Michael Keane form a, form a oh, strong yes. partnership okay. at Tenerife, and because I just do feel that that's the partnership that benefits the club going forward. Um. If we're going to be serious about keeping keeping these, these these young talents that we've got, I mean, I know Michael Keane hasn't had the greatest of seasons, but you know we've 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 seen at Burnley and Jerry in particular, you, you've attributed that down to how stable Burnley are, and that that is what made Michael Keane shine, and but essentially what got him to move to Everton. So I feel like once this kind of all round stability develop developed, once. Uh, a midfield is established that can cover the back four without leaving so exposed that they are all, you know, we've seen plenty of times this season where the defence have been dragged left, right and centre, trying, try, you know, they've either been drawn to the ball or, 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 or miss a man, etc, etc. But I feel this, um, this, this midfield that we're developing with, with Rooney, Davies and Gay, Seems to be working well in that it does cover the, um, us defensively, and and going forward, I want to see Mason Holgate and Michael Keane. Yes, mm. both right footers, but essentially could be an England partnership there. Mm. Edward, I mean, you look at it as well with um, Funes Mori coming back into the fold. You, the three of those that I mean, put the three of them in. That could be a brilliant no, three man. No, I know just. It Never could be a really good three-man partnership, no. but I would like to... I mean, it offers, it, like I said with the Sandro video, it offers a bit of variety in a way. Because then we've got Funes, Mori and Holgate together, or Funes, Mori, Keane, or Keane and Holgate, all young and very promising centre-backs that could all work together, potentially. I'm not against if we have to go three in the back every once in a while, as long as we train and make sure our players know their roles. Because honestly, against Arsenal, it looked like they had never trained and who had no idea what they were doing with three at the back. All right, it, mm. it was a train wreck. No one. It was it was defensive miscommunication over and over and over again. And we looked. Max said it. Lost. We looked lost. And ironically, it's when 
like against City right at the start of the season, we had one of our best defenses with three at the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so, so yeah, it's I'm I'm not gonna never gonna say never play three at the back because I think if we train for it, we could be okay. I don't think yeah. it should be our first choice. No, I I just my reaction to that was more towards the fact that we hardly. We're hardly accomplished in the formation that we've only just started That's in playing. That's a good point. That's true. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't... You can't... Fix what isn't broken. Yourself. Yeah. Well, in a, in a sense, you can't You can't think that you know everything already. Mm. And that's a, that's a common theme that's brought up whenever we talk about Sam Allardyce. But, um, <laughs> no, we need to... And then, you know, he, he showed signs towards this. You know, he's ditched the two holding midfielders. He's kind of got this revol- revolving three-man midfield, which covers the defence really well. And all the defence know what they're doing. And even even the full-backs seem to have took on a bit more attacking responsibility. We've You know, we've seen with the assist that Kuko Martinez has been getting. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as, as I say... Master what's going to be at the core of your plans before you branch out and extend onto plan B's and plan C's. Yeah, I, I mean, that makes sense. I would, I don't want to change formation the entire rest of the season. I, I don't mm. want to. Um, if he does it against City and he's, he's made sure to train them, train them, train them, and work on it, work on it, work on it, and they know their roles, I'm not going to roll my eyes. I will tell you, though, if we go three in the back, we're not going to score any goals anytime soon. Mm. It's not going to happen. Because three at the back is really five at the back. And we've had trouble scoring goals in the past anyway. So, yeah. I, I, I like the idea of a team with flexibility. But there are teams... I mean, that's one of Burnley's strengths is they rarely change formation. They, they yes, stick... They didn't at all in the uh, title-winning season, did they? At what, all? What was that? Leicester didn't like change their title, oh, yeah. uh, like winning team basically, or the yeah. formation. I mean, so certain teams can get that from consistency, from making sure every. That's one of the things that uh, uh, you know, Max. You mentioned it, Burnley, with everybody knowing their role. It's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows your role. It, it's your stable, and it's not a whole lot of confusion. Um, so yeah, I, I would like us to move toward toward having a style, having a format. We know what we're doing. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it is nice to play with a team that has flexibility. I think I think I think you've you've pretty much said it all. I think that's what Evertonians want to see us come out of. You know, the Evertonian. That's what Evertonians want to see us come out of the season with a style and a and, and a method, where rather than you know kick and rush or or. or you know, because we've seen a, a, a big observation that I made, particularly in the Arsenal game when we did play theatre back, was, you know, they just looked so off balance and didn't know the role. So you need, you need, you know, you, you need to go to, you be able to go to these big state, big stadiums and big into into these big games with a plan, knowing your role and being able to perform it to to a good standard. Yeah. Um, having said all that. I think the most stable center back pairing we have at the moment is Holgate and Williams still. Just because I think they work really well together. I think they communicate really well together. I think that's stable. I don't think that's the best partnership moving forward. Okay? I think if you're gonna if you want to start putting a center back partnership for next year and the year after and the year after, then you get Holgate 
and Keen, or Keen and Funis Mori, or Holgate and Funis Mori. You know what I mean? Some con- some combination of those. Because in a little while, next season... Williams is gone. Jack Hill is gone. Williams and Jags are gone, but Pennington will probably come back in the fold and be given an opportunity to show what he can do. Additionally, with... Um, oh, is it something? Galloway. Browning. Browning. Uh, Browning, yeah. Yeah, Bryant, Browning's going to get an opportunity as well. Um, so these are these are players who are who are gone uh, right now, but they're going to get a chance during the summer to show something. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, yeah. So I basically, I think if I'm going to say that for the next game, I would say Holgate Williams. Uh, but for moving forward, Holgate Keen. So when do you start then the Holgate Keen? If you're not going to play against. Uh, not as good teams like Watford, and um, That's such a good question because because I want seventh. A lot of people would say as soon as we get forty, start playing people for the future now. Some people mm. would say that I want seventh. You know, I I want a shot at Europa League. I think it'll help us attract more players. I think it'll it'll help us attract uh, another coach, another manager. Um, mm. So I I'm one of the I like Europa League to be honest. Um, yeah, but yeah, I do as well. It's just I, I think actually Holgate and Keane together could actually get us seventh. Interesting. In I mean, and you know what? It, it might be, well, but it, we it. may have some growing pains on that, though. I think it's just part of the trial and error of it, really. Um, so yeah, I, with Mangala injured, I think all of us agree we're not totally, totally screwed. Uh, it would have been nice to have the Thank depth. God it was alone. <laughs> yeah. No, really. That was that was the main thing. He's It was alone. I think we do still owe his wages, though. Mm. I think that might yeah, be right. We will. We'll, we'll be covering his wages. And, you know, it's only right, you know, mm. make sure the lad has a, has a, has a good recovery and, uh, and make sure it's not the end of his career, as you say. Yeah. So that has been the end of our Mangala segment. Uh, speedy recovery, man. Back last year, in 2017. Uh, Ooh, some, some in more... October. Not even like it was in December. Was in October. October. It totally was. It was right around the time when Kuman was going to lose his job or had just lost his job. Uh, it came out that we were... Maybe that's why they didn't announce it. They, they thought, oh, let's announce a new contract. Oh, the manager's gone. But leave it on ice for a bit. You know, I mean, that's basically, if you don't know what Edward's talking about, all right? Where have you been? There were rumors coming out that Ghana was going to sign a new contract. It was impending. It was going to happen. All right? And it was it was going to happen soon. It was going to be a five-year deal. Uh, this is happening. This is late impending October. For five months. Yes. I mean, it was. And then it went away. And you see. All over Twitter, all over the message boards. Every once in a while, you would catch someone saying, what happened to Ghana signing, signing a contract? What happened to Gay's contract? What's the deal with that? And then it would go silent it. again. It's always Edward under his 10 different Twitter names. Sorry. Um, and then it just came out. It didn't even come out. Everton didn't announce this. Apparently, the FA confirmed that Ghana, in fact, did sign a contract October 26th, October 26th 2017. So it did happen. It's a five-year deal, and that's that's what we know. What? So speaks speaks volumes. Wait, was that actually around the time of the Arsenal game? 
Yeah, it wasn't far off, was it? Yeah, it wasn't. I think that sounds like it was a couple of days, isn't it? What is the – so one of my one of my thoughts, Edward, is one you mentioned, is that maybe they were holding off announcing it because it didn't want to seem like a celebration when we've just sacked a manager. Okay? There's that. However, some would say that's a great time to announce a contract signing when everybody's like – we don't have a manager. Like, oh, a good player has decided to commit himself yeah, to us. That, I, I think uh, Everton, uh, in, in that sense, have always been relatively good. You know, when, when Stones left, Williams was announced. When when Lukaku left, we made sure Rooney was there and, uh, and announced. Um, I was that, but it kind of, um, it you know, it speaks volumes of the inconsistencies of the, of the communications between fans and club, really, um, or club club to fans, should, I should say. Um, I think it all kind of kicked off with when Cenk Tosin was announced during halftime at the Merseyside derby. My suspicions were he'd be announced after the game because I thought, you know, Particularly, you know, I've, I've, I kind of picked up on the trend that Everton have of when there's bad news, get that out of the way, then throw in the good news and try and make help help everyone forget the bad news. Yeah, it's a bit weird the way Ching Tosin was announced at half time. I would have thought that he would have been announced after the game after mm-hmm. we got beat. I thought it was a bizarre choice, unless there's some sort of extenuating circumstance there. Yeah, can I just say as well um, the thing with the Arsenal game. The Arsenal game was actually on the twenty second, as well. So only five days, five days before the Ghana signed the contract. So that is maybe that is something interesting as well, because if Coman left, maybe that's what convinced Ghana to stay. Or maybe that's. He wasn't. So I was going to say maybe that's one of the reasons why they didn't announce it because they didn't want it to seem like he had signed because Coman left. You know, we. <laughs> We see we we see this plenty of times. You know that after Martinez was sacked, the end of season awards was cancelled. Yeah. Um, the Christmas di- the the Christmas party's been cancelled. Um, you know Everton in in that centre a very strange club. At the um, they they shut things down that could lead to any negative exposure and. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it just seems to be a trend that you tend to pick up on with Everton. And again, this miscommunication, I, I feel, is just as bad as, as announcing Tosin at, at half-time because I feel like Ghana's one of our most important players, one of our best players and one of our most loved players. So to not make an announcement out of that, and I, cause I, I clearly I do think he's a player that would track the tension from, from abroad or from other, you know, from some the top six so to, to not announce that is a is, is strange to me yeah i i don't i've been trying to think of the strategic reason why you hold on to it i get holding on to it till when you know a little ways given a little grace period after kuman's gone somebody else has settled yeah. in but it's been a while mm. it's been a long while very long time how do you Five not least, so. announce yeah, that and- later on if if it's if it's if it's a case that it's been forgotten about and forgotten to be announced because of the Cumin in, in scenario, then again that speaks volumes of the communications, and it seriously needs to get looked at by the club and improved. 
I'm wondering when someone's going to ask Sam that. You know what I mean? Or ask Ghana that in an interview of some sort. You know, we, we they have interviews yeah. all the time. Why would someone not ask about this? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it seems like their inter- the interview questions are a little soft. They could mm-hmm. be a little more penetrating. But, yeah. But this is something that just came out. Sort of new news. So maybe we'll hear something about it later on in the week. So, mm. I hope. Sure. If we don't. You'll just have, you'll just have it. But you just have Everton like at the end of the week just saying, we'd like to happily announce that Garner has signed a brand new contract on a five-year deal. Yeah, and that, and that wouldn't surprise me, and that speaks volumes of how out of touch this season's really been. Imagine he had like a haircut or something, like his hair was really different back in October. Oh, you no. could just tell <laughs> when he signed it. Well, he had a full beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean... It, it's. I actually, before we started this segment, I checked Twitter really quick just in case Everton had announced it. You know, now that it's out, why not? Let's just say something about it. You know, I mean, it's it's really weird. It's a strange scenario. There's got to be a there. I'm hoping there's a very logical reason. You know, yeah. and and one would ass- no, I would hope there, there really would be. be. Yeah, there should be. You know, and that that remains to be seen. But you know, one should hope that there is a logical. As to why, mm-hmm. and that they get that they get they get it out there. They can't. They get, it's not as if they can keep these these cards close to the chest now. So, you know, it's it, it's out there. You don't know anything. No, <laughs> it's it, it's out into the world now. And yeah, I don't know. It, again, it just seems to seem to be one of the, these idiosyncrasies with the club that keeps us out of grasp out of grasps of being a kind of. And I hate to use the term, but a brand, a global brand, you know, if the communications are off, there are several other things that, you know, suffer as a consequence. And, you, you know, you, you look at some of the, 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 you know, we become notorious for our transfer announcement videos, which got a lot of good press attention and, and things like that. So you, you'd have hoped that they'd have, have picked up on that and thought, you know, we'll continue to be consistent with what we will release and, Mm-hmm. Hope to attract con- continuous good press, but uh, you know, found, as you say, Jerry, I found something quite funny. Uh, oh, sorry, go on, carry on. I no, I, I was just going to say, you know, you, you should hope there's a logical reason behind it. Yeah, but what I was going to say, I found something on, I saw something on Twitter, and it was actually quite funny. Everton are able to leak out uh, team news, injury news, everything like that, and yet they keep something like this under wraps. It's so weird, isn't it? Like player signings and everything like that, they're all they can all be leaked, but then something like this signing contracts somehow they've kept it under wraps. It's so there's something it's up. weird. There's something up. Ever. There's got here's the thing. We have a tendency in like social media culture and to assume people are idiots. You know what I mean? Mm. It's sort of like we see I, I that's one of the reasons why sarcasm doesn't work very well on things like Twitter. Is because no. you immediately There's think no they're an idiot and they mean that. You know what There's I mean? No it's so, it. so it's really hard. A lot of people's assumption when something like this happens is that Everton are inept. Okay? That they're bumbling. That they make these ridiculous mistakes because they're bumbling and they don't know what they're doing. All right? Mm. There's, and there have been mistakes that, are, that look shambolic. That seem shambolic. 
and you yeah. wonder what the thought process is behind it. And if there was better communication, we would understand instead of it just seeming bumbling and shambolic, we'd mm. understand the process behind it instead of just thinking, oh, they, they announced Tosun at, ha- at, you know, at halftime because they're inept, because they don't know what they're doing. There's some smart people there, you know? I, hey, but you if, should hope. Yeah, and if they, but if they don't explain it to us, it, it kind of perpetuates the thought that they just don't know what they're doing, that they're just, they just, they're just sort of dumb about it. You know, and that sucks because, you know, there's smarter people. Now, having said that, do I think that everybody who's working for Everton right now is on point and is just aces? Uh, No, (laughs) I think that would be incredibly, that'd be incredibly naive, you know, to think that everybody's perfect for their job. I, I can't say that. Um, one of the reasons why the communications department is not great is because someone is not doing what they're supposed to. Someone. So. We won't name names. <laughs> but you know who we're talking about. Yes, you. So, yeah, I don't know, guys. I, when I heard this, I was just, I was just, I just shook my head. You know, because. Yeah. Uh, it's just Everton, isn't it? It's, it's it ridiculous. It's Everton. Yeah. And, and so I'm, I'm sick of hearing about stuff like this. Stories like this. You know? Um, why? Uh, so, uh, communications department. Make some changes. I think this solves a lot of this. Us feeling, us have us saying that that saying. That's just Everton. You know what I mean? Let's yeah. let's get away from that. You know. Let's not just be Everton. You know? Let's not sell our best players like you got us scared for about five months thinking we were going to be selling him. Anyone, anyone else get a little bit worried when they weren't announcing anything? Are you talking about Omar Nias? No, Ghana Sorry. and Umar. <laughs> I just wanted to. I just. I just like the idea of all of us getting scared because Omar's gone. That would be. <laughs> and the thing is, right I'm now, still getting him on the back of my shirt. I need to have him staying here for a he's bit. He's our most consistent goal scorer right now. I know. <laughs> yeah. So strange. It's a weird time I, to be. I, I, want him, I want him to keep doing that little celebration move that he's got with Ghana going. Yeah. Uh, agreed. You know. Uh, if Omar, if Omar doesn't watch out, he's going to be. I mean, is Senegal in the World Cup? Yeah, 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 they are. So if he's not careful, he's gonna be, uh, he's gonna be on that plane. Oh. <laughs> how, how cool would it be to watch Nias in the World Cup? That'd be awesome. And you know? Nias going up against the greatest and lifting the World Cup. Uh, we what? have a World Cup winner in our team. Watching we him talking about Everton's communication department, we've we've finished on Omanias winning the World Cup. Hey, it's the it's the greatest way to end the show. It Up the top, the greatest way. This was the top, I ended with this one specifically so it would be a positive. Like, oh, he did sign that contract. Great, but then yeah. there's there's that level always, of well, crap. It was great. It was, a, it was always gonna be good as well. I mean, yeah. I know, I know contracts essentially don't mean shit in this day and age. I mean, I know someone will always be there to buy him out, but, you know, it's always nice having that reassurance that if someone is going to come in and buy him, that they're going to have to pay a lot of that. Yep. And, um, I mean, for one person, he's probably my favourite player out of a lot of them. So I hope he doesn't leave because I feel like he's... Are we still talking about Nias? No. One of, if not the most important player that we've got, so... It's I'm great. Still talking it's about great the news, and we're all happy that he signed a five-year contract. Yeah, yeah. Especially since I heard rumors that Arsenal have been sniffing around him. 
So that's that's the that's the side that I could have saw him going to as well. Hoping that's hoping that's bullshit. I guess that's it for uh, just a gay signs a new contract. I guess now we know. <laughs> and that is actually it for the big show. Uh, pod people, thank you for listening. Autos. Yeah, please please subscribe to the Toffee Blues podcast. Rate it if you can. Uh, and, and if you are just listening via podcast, we also have a YouTube channel. So check out our YouTube channel. All right? If you are watching this, uh, yeah, please subscribe if you're liking what you're watching. We, we appreciate that. Um, leave a like, leave a comment, all that stuff. We're so close to 500 subs. You can make that happen. So, yeah. Uh, check out Edward's YouTube channel, Jam E. James. Check out Max's stuff on the Toffee Blues website. Check out the Toffee Blues website. There's a lot of analysis, player analysis, team analysis, all that kind of stuff on there. Check out the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and any of those other social media things. That you do. I don't know a lot of them. I'm almost 40. So I guess that's it. Uh, we'll see you. We'll see you next time. Uh, guys, thanks so much. Max and Edward. I've been Jerry. Bye. Adios.